HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. This week on Meet and 3, we're getting semantic to understand the deeper meaning behind some of the foods we love. First, we'll look at the big debate happening around the word milk. Who the hell are you to tell me what is the name of my product and my landscape and everything we've cared about when, you know, you don't have anything invested in except to put out a little money to buy it? <laughs> it's our entire life. Then we get the lowdown on the language of cider. So the first thing that's really confusing about dryness is that it has nothing to do with how something actually feels in your mouth. And finally, we get our fill of tiki talk. You don't walk into a tiki bar and be like, oh yeah, this is what Polynesia is probably like. Like it's, it's supposed to be like fantasy and stuff. That's the hard part. It's so easy to do tiki bad, and that's where it gets a bad name. Tune into this week's episode of Meat and 3. That's M-E-A-T plus sign T-H-R-E-E. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to HR and Happy Hour. It's five o'clock somewhere and somewhere is Bushwick. I'm Kat Johnson, the communications director at Heritage Radio Network. I feel like I was channeling Dave Arnold for that a second good. there. That was really good. You had Thanks. the flow. <laughs> had the energy flow. Oh. That's Katie Mosman-Wadler, our executive director. Hey, Kat. Hello. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Uh, we have Hannah Forden, our program manager here with us. It's a very Thursday Thursday, isn't it? It cool. is so It's the most Thursday. So <laughs> it's cloudy yes. with like the time bit of sun peeking through so i think we all just like went a little bit crazy for a second ah! spring fever yeah. is here yeah. hard um we also have our newest team member intern rory white in the studio hello rory hello <laughs> hello and rory our- is coming to us from across roberta's <laughs> <laughs> he's crossed over yes you might know rory from being the maker of your pizza at yes. roberta's, and now he's the newest maker of your podcast he told us today that the reason he's here with us is because the studio looked comfy. Cozy. 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 Yeah, very cozy. And he, so, yeah. <laughs> yes. So and it is. Yeah. Um, our engineer, Amanda Wang's in the booth. Hello. Hello, hello. Um, and we have some other people that can't be mentioned in the studio with us, enjoying our wine. Um, mm-hmm. Moving on. Mm-hmm. But uh-huh. we do have a very, 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 very special, special guest. Um, we have Priya Krishna with us today. She's going to be talking about her brand new book that's coming out in five, count it, five days. <laughs> Welcome, Priya. 
Thank you. Do you all like pre-script that banter? It's just so good. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> Thank you. That's amazing. <laughs> That's the highest compliment we've ever been paid. Wow. Um, so one thing I just asked Priya before we started the show, because she has been on two shows on <laughs> HRN already this week. Um, so this is her third day in a row that she's been in the studio. Um, thank you, first of all, for coming back and visiting us so many times. <laughs> but I wanted to know, okay, you're on a press circuit for the book already. You've been on two HRN shows this week. What are the questions you are tired of hearing asked? Um, so on that note, we're going to do some headlines um, to tell you what shows you can listen to with Priya to get some of the mm. questions from uh, answers from her that we're not going to ask today. So without further ado, here are our headlines for the week. Okay. So as Kat mentioned, this is Priya's third interview in just <laughs> a couple weeks, really this week. Um, her book, Indianish, is coming out. So for more of Priya, you can listen back to last week's episode of The Food Scene, episode 388, where we find out how the coalescence of her mother Ritu's cooking helped inspire Amer- Indian-American mashups. I cannot speak today. Indian-American mashups like roti pizza, for which you can also find the recipe now online, yes? Uh, yes, I think I think it's online. Yeah, I yeah. saw photos of it. I've seen so many photos that are making me drool sure. of roti pizza. Um, <laughs> and um, Hannah, we're going to throw to you for the next part. Okay, great. Um, you can also check out Priya's last appearance on HRN Happy Hour with all of us, you know, just divine people. Um, our other guest of honor was Bill Addison, Eater's National critic but now the la times now the la times Times. um that was such a fun episode you should definitely listen to it Mm -hmm. and we managed to get bill to share his lovely singing voice yeah yeah, it was incredible you have to listen to the end (laughs) yeah so basically it's required reading if you're going to listen to this episode yes Mm -hmm. and lastly priya has also been a guest on food without borders episode 28 she talked about her prolific work covering the culinary world and bringing indian food culture to the forefront and then we'll also add on speaking broadly which you (laughs) recorded yesterday with with Dana Cowan and Dana was just beaming about that interview. So I'm excited to hear it. Yes. I'm excited to hear it too. I can't believe you can still speak. Oh yeah. At the end of the day yesterday, I was just like, I have no words to say. And I had dinner plans with some people I was meeting for the first time. And I was just like, I'm sorry. I just don't have a lot of words to to talk. I'll just stare at you (laughs) for an hour. How does that sound? Just like quietly ate pastries. Yeah. And you were recording Bon Appetit videos yesterday, right? Yeah. I had a pretty full day of shooting videos and those videos you have to be on. Like while the onions are stirring, you kind of have to like come up with clever stuff to say. And the producers love not saying anything because in those awkward silences are usually when the hosts like say something absurd that obviously makes it into a video. Um, and like you're all, you're like looking to them for cues and the, they never give them to you. It's and just so, blank. Yeah, it's like <laughs> interview like, 101. Yeah, I was like sauteing onions until they're translucent, and like every minute I was like, God damn it, are they translucent yet? <laughs> <laughs> um, you in the kitchen when you're recording the videos. If people haven't seen the Bon Appetit videos before, there's always stuff going on in the background. You might have like Brad in the back doing something. Um, how does that kind of play into what you're doing on your video and like? What what's the decision making with the style of 
it kind of seeming like anything could happen. So, I mean, that stuff is completely unscripted. Like, yeah. uh, like people are always kind of coming and going from the test kitchen. Sometimes when I shoot, it's a quiet day. Sometimes it's a busy day. I always love better when it's a really busy day in the test kitchen because, you know, while I'm waiting for the onions to saute, I'll just like take a lap around the test kitchen and the camera people just have to kind of follow you. And, like, just <laughs> so fun. You. And you like, you, I mean, you don't have to do anything. You're just running around or like I filmed a video making roti pizza that's going to air soon and the kitchen was just like full of people and so I basically just like once I had the roti pizza it's like a really nice little snack so I just walked around the kitchen and then around the office (laughs) just serving people roti pizza the roti pizza fairy yeah (laughs) you could do that at our office like yeah I would would love to we'll Um, be like Priya come in we're gonna do a video with you and then you're like where are the cameras (laughs) don't worry about it they're hidden it's like candid camera (laughs) but they make you so good like they the cameras start rolling and there's no direction I just like you've gotten used to being like hey we're making this here's a story um and they just like like I've done video before and usually everything is really scripted out and it's really not at all. I imagine that probably means that they have to kind of go at the end of the shooting and like figure out what's going to work here. But I mean, that speaks a lot to you being able to like carry that video Mm -hmm. and uh, make it, make it interesting without someone being like, okay, Priya, now you're going to go do this. Like, you make it really fun, and, like, you even FaceTimed your dad in one of them. Yeah, the that roti was... pizza, my mom FaceTimed me in the middle of the video, so I answered it. And then, of course, like, my dad was lurking <laughs> in the background of the video. Your I parents like... have really become, like, a really – I mean, your mom was already a big part of the book, like, backstory, but your yeah. parents have become, like, more and more a part of, like, your cooking persona, I guess. Totally. I mean, my dad's face was in the New York Times – before my face hasn't been in the New York That's Times. That's true. Yeah. Talk about the piece that was uh, that was featured. <laughs> I wrote a piece on the importance of homemade yogurt in South Asian families and how my dad has been making our yogurt using a starter that he got 30 years ago. Um, it's sort of yogurt is sort of this family heirloom, a way to pass down traditions. And so a photographer went to Dallas where my family's from and shot my dad making yogurt and they got these like very artsy shots behind like fancy wallpaper of him like holding the yogurt. It was it was very funny mm-hmm. for me to see. <laughs> That's cool though. I mean, like, did you ever think when you had, were starting out? I mean, you kind of you wrote your first cookbook in college. Did you ever think that this is like the direction that you wanted to go in? That you eventually wanted to be like elevating and like bringing to light the foods that you grew up with. Um. No, never. It never even crossed my mind that this was like a feasible career opportunity and that I could like I, I, I would ever people be interested in me writing about my parents. When did that change, though? Like, when did you realize like, oh, I'm onto something when I started freelancing and I like needed to pitch stories that paid the bills and what I was actually one of my friends, Max Falkowitz, who's a freelance writer. He was an editor at Sever then and he had like heard tell of my father and he'd heard about how much my dad uh loves mangoes and he was like why don't you co-write an article with your dad about like how to choose mangoes how to ripen them and how to cut them like a really practical guide because it was mango season and I like the article really showed a lot of my dad's personality and I think I started to realize like oh my parents are cool people with interesting perspectives and the food that I grew up eating is 
is, you know, something that I think should be shared. And when you're on our show before, you talked about how your dad, like, gives you your best story ideas. Did that kind of come before you realized that your dad could be the story? Or did... Totally, yeah. Like, at first, my dad was just giving me great story ideas. And then um, the yogurt thing really, like, hit me. Someone told me that their mother had, like, dipped a sari into yogurt, their sari into yogurt, and then brought it to the U.S., and I realized, like, oh, yeah, my dad wow. is similarly obsessed with yogurt. I wonder if this is a thing. So I should put on an Instagram seeing if other people had similar experiences. And and that's how that article came about. But, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine my parents not being so fully part of my career. And, you know, having Indian parents who are both trained as software programmers, they, they had no idea what my career was. And now that they're an active part of it, I feel like it's helped them to – to understand everything. Like my parents are in my bone app videos. My mom is coming to the test kitchen with me on Monday to shoot a video. Like this is, you know, they're, they're they're, they play such an active role. I like fact check with my dad when I'm writing about Indian food. Like I think now they really understand. (laughs) And you shot all the photography for the cookbook at your parents' house, right? That was an insane experience. Yeah. In a good way, in a good way. Um, our house gets great light. We live in Texas. The houses are are bigger uh, there. Like a, a lot bigger. A lot, yeah. <laughs> Everything's bigger in Everything Texas. I don't know if you guys have yeah. heard that saying before. It's it's very much true. <laughs> and so I hired a local Texas-based photographer, Mackenzie Smith-Kelly, who I love. And she and Judy Kim, our food stylist, and um, Lauren Via Allen, our lighting technician, basically, like, I mean, they had an Airbnb, but they basically moved into our house for two weeks, like, the um, dining room became the sh- like the shooting area. The like living room became the prop staging area. The whole kitchen, like everything, was labeled and put in quart containers. Like it was like a total takeover. My dad became like our grocery guy. My mom was doing food prep. Like, but she realized she really she envied Judy's food styling job. My mom I got really to into ask like, did your parents? know that food styling was a career because you talk about them not really knowing about your career what was that like for them my parents were fascinated by judy the food stylist like my mom just loved watching her tweeze cilantro Mm. onto a salad (laughs) do you think your parents are going to have a different approach to like presenting food after being a part of that no, I mean, my mom especially has always been really obsessed with presentation. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why she was so fascinated. Mm-hmm. Also, like, how things that present well in person don't present as well on camera and mm-hmm. seeing the difference. What I loved about my dad being there is that he never had anything bad to say about a photo. He was always, he loved it, no matter what. But she, like, you need that person on set. He's like, <laughs> At it's long days, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, love, I love that. Um. So let's talk a little bit about the book. I mean, again, go back, listen to a couple other episodes, get the full story of the inspiration behind the book. We talked about it last time you were here, uh, which was like kind of when you were in the middle of the writing process. But now that it's finished, what are, give us a couple like recipe highlights, some that you think are going to be like standouts if you had that prediction yet. Well, so the idea is really to make Indian flavors accessible. I didn't have to do any dumbing down because like this is literally the food that I grew up eating that my mom had to put on the table when she came home at six and she had to put dinner on the table by 630. Um, I would say, I mean, this, the dishes that have already done really well are my mom makes um, 
sag paneer, but instead of paneer, she puts feta. And I think people are really surprised at how quick and easy the the spinach gravy is to make and how few spices it requires. That's a really good one. There's one called dahi toast, which is like an Indian-ish grilled cheese sandwich. And you make a mixture of yogurt and cilantro and onions and um, chilies and spread it on two pieces of sourdough bread. And then sort of griddle it like a grilled cheese sandwich and top it with mustard seeds and curry leaves tempered in oil, which is called a chonk, which has sort of become this like, like this sim- symbolic term for the book. People have really latched on to chonk as a concept. I love the word chonk. <laughs> it's amazing. Just like it feels good to say chonk. Yeah. <laughs> and you just chonk it in the pan. Chonk it. <laughs> And that's a really fun video you did on Bone App, uh, yeah, making that, really fun. Video, that, that food. Um, well, should we take a really quick break and get some more wine? And Priya's Pizza is here. So we're going to grab that and come back and talk more about Indianish with Priya Krishna. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. My name is Sari Kamen. And I'm Leah Kurtz. And together we host Food Without Borders here on HRN. Immigrants make our food system vibrant, diverse, and delicious. Each week, we invite a guest to talk about how food connects them to their past as we explore what it's like to be an immigrant in the U.S. today. You can find Food Without Borders wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. My name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super-duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. You, Roberta's. All right, we're back on HR and Happy Hour with Priya Krishna, the author of Indianish. Um, you can hear that we're busy. We're <laughs> dishing out filling some more wine. wine. <laughs> um, Thursday of, of such a Thursday, Thursday. Okay, Priya, I have to ask you next about um, the things you do on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Primarily your Instagram stories. <laughs> Does anybody know what I'm talking about in here? Will knows what I'm talking about. I thought he couldn't be named. Yeah. So Redacted. Priya, tell us about your weekly baking adventures and who you're baking with. Um, <laughs> a, a rising star in the food scene, I would say. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it started New Year's Eve. Um, my boyfriend, Seth, and I, who's really passionate about baking, he's an architect by profession but loves to bake, he decided to, he decided to make croissants from scratch. And you know, very beginner yeah. entry level baking project. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and I just started kind of casually documenting on Instagram stories. I love Instagram stories. It's like such a low stakes, like fun spur of the moment social platform. Like I wish Instagram was just stories <laughs> and no posts. Um, and I started documenting it. And I kept getting these messages from people being like, I'm so invested in these croissants. And then I was getting like 70 messages from people being like, I just started following you because my friend told me you were making croissants (laughs) and now I'm invested. (laughs) And yeah. And so we spent 
like New Year's Eve and then New Year's Day making croissants. And they turned out really, really well because Seth is very good at baking. And Seth just decided to make it his New Year's resolution to every weekend try and learn a different baking technique. So every weekend that we're in town, I just document him attempting to do everything from baklava to babka to last weekend we did bagels. Real uh, alliterative projects. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. But also a lot of layers. Literal layers. A lot of folding. So much folding. And he makes it look very easy. Like I definitely, I'm so impatient. I'm a really intuitive cook. I I use cookbooks sort of more for inspiration than for following to the T. And Seth will spend like hours just reading and rereading the recipe. And he'll read multiple versions of the recipe. It's really impressive. And I like have a copy of Modernist Bread in the office. Oh, yeah. Mm. If he wants to go like deep and scientific. Yeah. Yeah, um, I bet he would love that. Tell him to come check out from our library. We have only a very small rental fee, which is (laughs) bread. (laughs) You must bring us treats. Um, And then I love how at pretty much consistently the end of every project, you record him being unsatisfied with his results, even though it always looks beautiful. Like I always eat it and I'm like, this is delicious i like and I, I usually eat like 10 of whatever he makes and then he <laughs> takes a bite and immediately launches into criticism like he'll never say a good thing first and he'll only say good things when i force him to compliment his baked goods but i also like okay there's a lot of elements to these videos guys pri is also usually blaring bollywood music mm-hmm. and that's a big big part of the baking videos as well yeah i mean we're trying to change it up we've we did like the jurassic park theme song mm. last week <laughs> um just like whatever music we're feeling one time we just did lizzo the whole time good call. that was great um but yeah no we change changes things up i do try to teach him like different hindi words every time that's how does that I go? love that. He's re- he's really good. Like I love to give bring him to my family members and being like Seth, say potato, say cauliflower, and he's like he's <laughs> like a little monkey dick. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk. Let's go back to the book a little bit. Um, so it's coming out on Tuesday, April twenty third, and obviously you can go pre order it right now. Um, and then you're going on a tour to like all over to promote the book and do some really exciting sounding dinners. Tell us like where you're going and, and who you're going to be p- partnering up with to do Indianish dinners. Yeah. So I'm starting here in New York. I have two dinners, one with Floyd Cardoz at Bombay Bread Bar and then another at, with Max Blackman, Gentile, and Angela Demiuga over at Narcissa at the Standard. So that's next week. And my mom is coming to town for most all of these. So she'll be kind of like cooking and hanging out alongside, which I'm really excited about. Um, Then we go to Houston. We're doing an event at UB Preserve with Chris Shepard and then a little lunch with Anita Jason Ghani at Pondicherry. Um, Over to Dallas where my mom is throwing a big party at our house. Like that'll be for just like a fun for like all of her friends and our friends where the magic happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, And then we when are where am I going to next? I'm going to Philly and doing a few cooking classes, and then from Philly I go to Atlanta. I'm doing an event at Chai Pani there with Marwan Irani, which I'm really excited about. He's great. What up? We love him. That's yeah. Awesome. yeah, he's great. Yeah. Uh, and then to Nashville to do an event with Manith Chowan from Chowan Ale and Masala House. When when is that one? Uh, May twenty second. Or 21st? 21st. It's 21st. I think it's right Fly before. on the 24th. Yeah. Oh, man. I might need to change my flight. You should. You should. I, I know. I'm, I'm serious. It's going to be really good. Okay. Her hot chicken pakoras are the real deal. Oof. See you there. 
Um, I'm doing one with in Asheville with Katie Button, who has Kurate. You're playing the hits, Priya. Yeah, all yeah. of our favorite people. Yeah, she's fantastic. I'm really, really excited. Uh, I'm doing. Then I'm going to San Francisco. I'm doing an event at Mr. Jew's with Brandon Jew, and then with Reem Asil of Diafa. Can you talk about your menu at Diafa? Um, I don't know what the menu is going to be, but Reem is has like sort of a blend of Middle Eastern backgrounds, and so it's going to be like kind of somewhat Palestinian, somewhat Lebanese, somewhat Indian, like blending all of those flavors. We are on the phone and, you know, there are so many spices and herbs in common between all of those cuisines. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the things she's going to be doing is making um, like a, like canefe crust. It's sort of this like flaky pastry and putting shrikhand, which is a sweetened cardamom yogurt in it. So I'm, I'm extremely excited about that. Well, I'm curious about that as well, because like, like Chaipani and uh, Manit um, Chohan's restaurant, like those seem like natural fits for the book subject matter. But like at some place like uh, Kurite, how's that menu going to, is it going to be mostly Indian ish food or is it going to have like a Spanish influence? I wanted to like lean into the ish part. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So like I basically told Katie, like do your riff on, on this dish. Like cool. I don't, feel the need to be super pure about it. Like even at UB preserve, like do they do this amazing um, stuffed chicken and they're, and they usually stuff it with like just plain rice, but they're going to stuff it with like my chili peanut rice and put it at the center of the table. Very so cool. I, you know, I'm really excited. I mean, these are all chefs that I love and really look up to and whose food I just adore. So I feel like my cookbook recipes are in good hands. Absolutely. Yeah, that's gonna be exciting. And where can people go to like find tickets for all these different events? They're all on priyakrishna.me slash book tour. Very cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, does anybody else have any burning questions for Priya about Indian food, Indian ish food, food media? Well, Priya, are what like, do you have any stories in the works right now that you can talk about or are you like all consumed with book tour things? Uh, no, I, my best friend Kate is going to hate me for saying this, but I do have stories in the works. She, (laughs) she like made me stop taking stories so that I could have like a proper book tour and not be stressed. Mm. But of course I said I'd do stories that I would do. Um, I'm doing a story looking at the number of restaurants that, um, have adopted like a dinner party format um, and looking at the history of the dinner party and why this is happening now and sort of what it means to have a a restaurant that sort of places a big emphasis on community and meeting strangers and conviviality. Still kind of figuring out what that means, but um, I'm interviewing my my thesis advisor for the story, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. It makes me... Can you talk about your thesis? Yeah, I wrote my thesis uh, on the notion of taste. Uh, It was in French because I was a French major. Um, And it was about how, you know, you can use the evolution of this word to sort of understand how food became a culture unto itself. So it looks at the invention of the restaurant, um, the rise of salon culture, and just all of these ways in which we sort of came to understand the act of eating not as just like sustenance, but as, you know, this whole culture and experience with rules and values and guidelines. It makes me kind of wonder on the subject of like communal eating and dinner party type restaurants, like the sort of person who like seeks that experience out over 
a traditional restaurant experience? That's a really good question. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be it. That's a good, I'm like still figuring out. I like don't have the brain face, brain space to figure out what <laughs> I'm going to ask these people. So I'm like, that's a good thing. Yeah. Should, I should ask people. And kind of like, where's the line? Is, is it just a seating line or is there another line between a tasting menu and a dinner party style? Yeah. Do you all just want to report the story for you? <laughs> well, we just we can just ask questions. We that's so all we're parties. good at doing. Yeah. We're here to overwhelm you. So <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, how 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 social do you want to be with like people that you you don't know well? Yeah, but you can't be in a mood to be like this is the experience I yeah. want. Yeah, 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 totally. It's a good question. So I feel like everyone's doing ice cream books this summer. Um, mm. So when can we expect the Indianish ice cream cookbook? Oh gosh, she and Seth do ice cream too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Seth does ice cream, but I, you or know, desserts. We could we could brown it. I like writing this cookbook. I feel like they don't tell you it. Like it nearly killed me. I mean, I'm so proud of it, but it's a real labor of love. It's a lot of making really really tiny decisions that all feel monumental oh, when you're God. making them, and it's just so. I'm, I was just. Like, and I still am just stressed all the time about it. So I don't know. I think I want to give some space before mm-hmm. I work on another cookbook. Reflect on like what decisions were monumental and yeah. which ones weren't as monumental. Yeah, exactly. Like, and in the moment, everything feels monumental. Of course. Looking back though, were there decisions that you were like, I could have stressed less over, stressed less over that. Yeah, just, like, who was on various mailing lists, you know, Ah. and when they got the book. Mm. I feel like, Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not a big, it's, like, not a big deal. And that's not even, like, that's not a writing the book question. That's a, like, that's an after the fact question. Yeah. I mean, all the questions I asked myself with writing the book, I think those were all really important. Yeah. Um, One thing that I'm really glad I spent time on was, like, my publisher treated, like, the copy that goes on Amazon as, like, just like oh this is just some copy i wrote but it's like the book oh, summary yeah. mm-hmm. and i'm really glad that we spent a lot of time mm-hmm. sort of finessing that language well i absolutely know that you are the kind of person who n- knows how serious that is as like with your background working for lucky peach and everything mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. nope that matters a whole heck of a lot mm-hmm. yeah that's what everyone's gonna see um are you going to have like on your website or other places that you're promoting the book, like independent bookseller links as well, in addition to Amazon? Yeah. Yeah. There's a website called IndieBound mm-hmm. um, where basically you can go and type in where you are and find out like where, what local great. bookstore is selling your book. That's awesome. great. Yeah. Um, I know that a lot of places in Brooklyn will have it. So yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And probably I'm sure that Omnivore will have it in Omnivore, San Francisco. Yes. I'm yeah. doing an event with cool. them. So I hope they'll have it. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Um, I'm excited to see it popping up on all of the displays. Yeah, I'm really very excited. soon. I feel you like can it see has... that we've saved a spot right here in the on our bookshelf. Yes, we have one. Priya's going to get us a copy before we do our photo shoot. Yes, so um, we can put it in. Yes, I I just sent myself an email to make sure that happens. <laughs> um, all right, so we're close out of time, but as always, we're going to play a little round of trivia, and. In honor of the res- one of the recipes in Indianish, roti pizza, which we've mm-hmm. talked about, we wanted to take that theme a step further and talk about all of the wild, wonderful, and sometimes weird pizzas that can now be found around the globe. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and we've never done pizza trivia, and we're that's in Roberta's. Shock- that's shocking. I know. That's well, really big shocking. thanks to Rory for this one, yes. because uh, we didn't really know enough to do pizza <laughs> trivia before. 
We had our pizza expert help out with the trivia this week. Okay, so, and I don't believe anyone except for Rory and I know the answer. So, Priya, you have some help. Okay. Fun All friend. Right. Amazing. Question number one. According to the Keepers of Human History over at the Guinness World Records, <laughs> the largest circular pizza ever baked uh, weighed... 26,883 pounds. It was created in Norwood, a rapidly gentrifying suburb of what city? Norwood, a rapidly gentrifying suburb. I'll give you guys a hint. I, I have a, yeah. I have a Is guess. it Deep Dish? I don't think it was I Deep Dish. It was like, I would say it was potentially between Deep Dish and Norwood. It looked pretty gnarly like it was. <laughs> Would you say it was okay. a deepish dish pizza? Deep-ish yeah, dish. Uh-huh. I was like, is it? The um, oh, well, you said hint. I'll give you a hint. I, it is the city is located in the southern hemisphere. Oh, so I'm so wrong because I was like Norwood, Massachusetts, but I would not say that that was rapidly gentrifying. Norwood. Um, is it a city that's known for its pizza? N- no, I would say no. Right, Rory? No. The largest. Who's hungry? Is it? Is it? I feel like it's it's gotta be Australians. Who like who wants to eat a lot? It is not Australia. No, it's in the southern hemisphere. Um, is it in the U.S.? No. Okay, that is helpful. Norwood sounds like a former British colony. Yes, mm-hmm. right. But it's in yes. the southern hemisphere. Yep. It's not Australia. Would you this say it was fun. an island nation? Nope. I like this. It's fun. They're narrowing it down. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> We're on a real adventure here. British colony, that's helpful. But in the southern hemisphere, I guess a lot of British colonized a lot of places in the southern hemisphere. British British colonized it, right? um, Honestly, I don't know. I don't know for sure if it was British, but I I would Norwood. I think so. Based on Norwood, then yeah, I would say British. I think. I think so. Yeah. Um. Can we give you a hint on the continent, please, God? Africa. Oh, is it in is it in Johannesburg? That's it. Nice, oh, nice. <laughs> uh, it was the Norwood hype hypermarket made the pizza. Wow. What a name, wow. hypermarket. My, my husband just texted to guess New Zealand, but he's late because I already said Kiwi. and he's wrong and wrong. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Thanks for listening. All right, question number two. In 2019, which major pizza chain added the option for Marmite stuffed crust in the UK? Was it was it Domino's? No. Okay. Hmm. Pizza Hut. Nope. Well, I don't uh, what's the? Um, there's a chain. I don't get why it's in the crust though. <laughs> why do they, they, they put Marmite in the crust? Yeah. Uh, also, Marmite's like very Australian. Is it a is it a chain that is available in America? It is. Yeah. Okay. What's it's it? a big one. Um, what's the one that's like in the Papa John's? That's it. Oh, okay. Wow. See, Priya, Priya, Priya gets there. She she gets there. <laughs> She figures it out. All right, question number three. I hope I'm going to say this name right. Subasa Tamaki, the owner of Pizza Studio Tamaki in Japan, may have taken a play out of Salt Bay's book when he developed his signature move that separates his Japanese-style pizza from the traditional Neapolitan style. What's his signature move? I mean, it's got to be some kind of a sprinkle. Or is it tossing the dough? Sorry, I'm doing hand motions. Uh, yeah, it's we're all kind of it's, doing the move. It's pretty obvious. Is it garnish? Is it stretching the dough? No. Sprinkling cheese. Is it cheese? like putting something on the pizza? Is it a different ingredient? 
No, it's just... Is it salt? It's salt. Oh. So oh. what he does is he gives the, what he calls a salt punch. Oh, a salt punch. And he throws Do the... Do you like the alliteration there because it's also assault, like a punch? Is an salt. Assault. Ah! It's, a, it's an uh-huh. assault punch. Uh-huh. And he throws it directly on the dough in the oven and then it cooks and it's supposed to taste better. Wow. Is, yeah. is that before mm-hmm. toppings go on? Yeah, it's before. It's like, okay. it's like right after it goes this. in the oven and then it bakes into the dough. Hmm. But then you put sauce. <clears throat> yeah, then... Oh, you is do the salt under yeah. the, cr- the the sauce or on top of the everything? Do you know, Rory? I haven't. I have never seen him do it, but oh. I saw a picture um, of him like doing this, and it was already in the oven. Apparently, I read that it makes the dough taste better. Yeah. So, like people that are like, mm. I don't eat the crust, they're like, I'll eat the crust. Who are those people? I know. All right, question number four: In what country is it common to order the four fish pizza, which is commonly topped with mackerel, salmon, sardines, and tuna? Is it in Europe? Would we say it's Europe? Be like Scandinavian. Yeah. Yes. Is it like in the UK? Is that why you're? Mm-mm. Um. Is it Nordic? No. It's uh, Eurasian. Oh, is this is this in Russia somewhere? Yes, yeah. oh. it's Russia. They call it the Mokba pizza or the Moscow pizza. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Mokbar pizza. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> I, got, I would try it. Yeah. All right. Last question. This Found, is my favorite one. Yeah, this is a good one. I love this one. Founded <laughs> in 2015, Zumi Pizza uses robotics and AI to make pizza more quickly. Machines press dough, squirt and spread sauce, and lift pizzas in and out of the oven in a fraction of the time it would take human workers to do the same. How many seconds does it take the dough bot to press out the dough? <laughs> <laughs> Five? Higher. Uh, it's very close, though. Ten? Down a bit. Eight. Up a bit. Nine. Six. Nine! <laughs> <laughs> Typical Priya strategy. Closer, 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 uh-huh. until you got it. Uh, yeah, that, okay. Priya, you won trivia. Woo! Do people ever lose trivia? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Crash and burn. <laughs> and for winning trivia, you get a pizza. Amazing. Yes. Wow. And I'm so hungry. <laughs> I think it's and here. It is ready. It ha- yes. Wow. Right on time. Yay. Um, so we're going to wrap up the show um, so that we can let Priya eat her pizza that she won for knowing all the things about pizza. <laughs> um, Priya, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is lovely. I hope you didn't have to answer any questions you're tired of answering. No, no. It was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, best of luck with the book coming out next week and all the travels and the tour. I hope that it's not stressful and a lot of fun. Thank you. That is that is like the best the best well wishes I could ask yeah. for. I hope the dinners are just wonderful parties. I hope so. Yeah. 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 You're going to be hanging out with some awesome people. So, yeah. you're doing it the right way. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Um all right. Well, that's our show. Thanks to Hannah and Katie and Rory and Amanda and our two not be named other guests in the studio, uh one of which is a canine. Shh. Don't tell anybody. Mm. Um, All right. Uh, I'm Kat Johnson. That's our show. We will see you next week. Thanks, Kat. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. 
Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.